told the story of a man named Elkanai. Elkanai comes from a family of priests, the Levites. Elkanai had two wives. One is named Peniah and the other is named Hannah. There is so much in this passage of scripture that needs to be unpacked. But first, let me start out by giving you the four points to this message. The first is God answers prayers. The second point is God, I'm sorry, kingdom women will always prevail. The third point is with God, any and everything is possible. The fourth and final point is messy women can't stop what God has already set in motion. The Bible also tells us that Peniah had children and that Hannah had none. God had chosen to close her womb. That's an important thing that is, you know, God closed her womb. He closed it. Um, Elkanah would leave his home every year when it was time to make a sacrifice and worship unto the Lord and travel to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh where Eli and his two sons were priests. And their names again were Hophni, I think that's how you pronounce it, and Phinehas. Why are they important? We will come back to them shortly. I feel like it is my duty to give you a little more insight into Hannah and Peniah. According to 1 Samuel 1.5, which tells us that when they went to Shadow to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty, that Elkanah would give Peniah and her children their regular portion. But Hannah, he gave double because the Lord had closed her womb. But as we move down to 1 Samuel 1.6, we find out how Peniah would often pick on Hannah and go out of her way to make Hannah miserable. Hannah wasn't able to give Elkanah any children, but the Bible says that he still loved her. Now, on the other hand, Peniah was popping out babies like Orville Redenbacher popcorn, but the Bible doesn't mention that Elkanah loved her. And I wonder why that was. Some of us had to learn the hard way that just because you can give a man babies doesn't mean he is going to give you his heart. And my question is, where is the lie? This had to make Paniah mad, but why take it out on Hannah? Paniah did what other women often do. Well, many women often do. They blame the other woman. They lash out at other women. Even though they were married to the same man, Paniah still saw Hannah as her competition. She still saw her as a threat. That's why she lashed out. She could see the love Elkanai had for Hannah despite her womb being closed. Let me share an old saying that my mom used to tell us. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. 
She also said as long as they don't physically touch you, it's all good. But once they put their hands on you, you give them something they will never forget. Now that's what my mama used to say. But the Bible says that we are to turn the other cheek. And that's in Matthew 5, 39. That God will fight our battles, Deuteronomy 1, 30 and Nehemiah 4, 20. God, help me to be more like Hannah and less like Phaniah. So many times I found myself on the receiving end of messy women. No matter how great of a woman you are, you're always going to find yourself in the presence of messy women. But let's move on. It's apparent that Paniah didn't have any kingdom women in her life. Nobody to confide in, and guess what? She didn't even believe in God. Because if she did, she would have known that lashing out at Hannah was in fact blocking her blessings. Not only was Paniah being mean to Hannah, she was doing it in the Lord's house. 1 Samuel 1.7 reads, year after year, when she went up to the Lord's house, her rival taunted her in this way. Hannah would weep and would not eat. Paniah was like so many women that walked the earth today. Instead of lifting up her sister, she decided to tear her down and remind her of what she saw as her flaws, as her defeat. She thought that since God hadn't blessed Hannah with a child, she was worthless. The Bible doesn't give us clear insight into what was actually said to Hannah by her rival, Paniah. But I'm going to say it went a little like this. Hannah, you can't have any babies. You can't give Elkanah any children. God has closed your womb. Face it, you're worthless. Even God thinks so. But little did Paniah know that God doesn't bless or acknowledge marriages that include more than what he intended them to be. God's word says this, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord, as in Proverbs 18, 22. Nevertheless, because of sexual immortality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband, 1 Corinthians 7, 2. Kingdom women will take you places that Paniah doesn't even know about because she doesn't know or serve God. Paniah will get you put out of places because she doesn't know how to carry herself with style and grace. She'll put the mask on, but as soon as someone pushes her buttons, grab your stuff because it's time to leave. If she doesn't know how to act in the temple of God, how can you trust her anywhere else? God-ordained relationships bring about the favor of God. Elkanah and Hannah produced Samuel. Who was Samuel? A prophet. How was he used by God? He brought God's word to the people and he anointed both Saul and David as king. Was Hananiah and Elkanah ordained by God? What was produced out from their relationship? Yes, Paniah gave Elkanah children, but was there purpose in the relationship? Hannah prayed for a male child specifically to be used 
by God for his kingdom. She would birth him and nurse him, but once that part was complete, she took him to the house of God and left him there. Because of her posture and her heart, God blesses her with six more. Can anybody say, go ahead, God? So many of us are asking <laughs> asking God to do this and do that, but you very seldom hear anyone say, God, what can I do for you? God, how can I be of service? How can I be used to be a light in the life of someone else? How can I make your kingdom known? Hannah, Hannah excuse me, carried herself as a kingdom woman. When Hannah went to pray, she went directly to the source. Our Heavenly Father, because of all she had been dealing with, she was praying in the spirit and Eli thought she was drunk. And I want y'all all to catch this because so many of us run to man when we should be running to God. We are supposed to have a personal relationship with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But some don't know him and have never experienced him because they're so stuck on religious formalities. Hannah reminds us that we can go directly to God and the man in this scenario, while a priest and servant of God, he can only touch and agree with her. He couldn't grant not one wish. He couldn't release not one blessing. He could speak life, but he couldn't give her life or a child. Hannah could have easily been offended when Eli, with Eli when he thought she was drunk. But she looked past it because she knew why she was there. She knew who she was. She didn't need for him to validate her. When Eli realized his mistake, he touched and agreed that God would answer her prayers. She humbly schooled him. She didn't get out of pocket and she didn't even cause a scene. Let me say this again so we are clear and on the same page. She went to God and not man. The man or woman of God was never created, designed, called, or chosen to take the place of God. I really wish people would hear this and know this. Nobody, absolutely nobody, should take God's place in your life or your heart. You should never give more to man than you do to God. Because then it or they become an idol. And if we read our Bibles... We shouldn't have or even worship idols. That's in Exodus 20, verse 3, Matthew 4, 10, and Luke 4, 8, just to name a few scriptures that speaks on this very subject. Hannah was a praying woman, but not only that, she fasted. She knew the prayer she was praying needed an extra effort on her part. What are you willing to do for God to show up and show out in your life? Most people aren't even willing to put their phones down, let alone give up a meal, drink more water, eat less sweets. Hannah gave it all up so that heaven could hear her prayers. Hannah was a kingdom woman. Can I get all the women on this line to repeat after me? God, help me. Help me. Become a kingdom woman. A kingdom woman.
instead of snatching up Panaya and snatching her wig off and laying her flat on her back, Hannah turned to God instead. Verse 10 says she wept and prayed to God. She endured the hurt and pain that was hurled her way and she allowed God to fight her battles. Hannah, while she was hurt by the venom spewed her way, she stayed focused on the task at hand. There are going to be times in our lives when we will have to be like Hannah. No matter what it looks like, we have to always stay focused and give it to God. We can only imagine how Hannah went before God because she prayed in the spirit. Her lips were moving, but no words came out. That's why Eli thought she was drunk. But this is what I imagined Hannah was praying to God. Father God, why haven't you allowed me to bear any children? Lord, haven't I worshiped you in my comings and my goings? Don't I humbly come before your throne each and every time with my husband and his other wife with them loud behind babies when it's time to worship and sacrifice. I've never lost it with Panaya, that bald-headed jackal. I've allowed her to run her mouth. I've never gotten out of character, no matter how much she torments me. Don't I deserve a child? Don't I deserve to know what it's like to feel loved and have that bond between mother and child? Father God, won't you bless me this one time and my child will be yours for all his days. Won't you do it, God, just this once? And guess what? Her prayer was answered. While your enemies thought they were speaking negativity into your life, God was already blessing you. While your enemies thought they were keeping you bound, God was already blessing you. While your enemies thought they were watching you be defeated, God was already blessing you. While your enemies thought they were holding you back, God was already blessing you. While your enemies thought they were going to be on top and you on the bottom, God was already blessing you. Let me say it. Let me say it like this. Let me say this one thing. God showed up and he showed out. God showed up and he showed out. Okay. Let's go ahead and we're going to get back to the scripture so that we're all on the same page. 1 Samuel chapter 1. 6 through 8. Now this is where Paniah thought she had won. She thought since she was able to have kids that she was better than Hannah. But guess what? The enemy doesn't mess with you unless you're a problem. Unless you got something that is going to block out darkness and get another victory for the kingdom of God. The enemy comes to steal your hopes and dreams, kill all your desires, 
and destroy any thoughts that you have for a life of abundance. His entire plan is to keep us bound so that we will believe the lies. Yes, Hannah was barren, but God has the ability to turn any situation around. Let's check out 1 Samuel 1, 19-20 again. It says this, Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the presence of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. I don't care how bad it looks or how they make it sound because your enemies don't want you to win. They're going to do everything in their power to stop you. But guess what? They can't stop God. Hannah was barren, but she didn't let that stop her from praying to God to turn it around. Not only did God turn it around, but the enemy got defeated in the process. There was no mention of Paniah after Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to Samuel. And guess what? Not only did God bless Hannah once, he blesses her five more times. Hannah only prayed for one child. But she also prayed that she would give him back to God. The Bible shows us that she kept that promise. Because of her determination and obedience, Samuel was born, called and chosen by God as his prophet to usher in not one, but two kings, Saul and David. Hannah shows us the right way of going to God and being obedient when he answers. Hannah shows us how kingdom women move, speak, pray, worship, praise, exalt, and give thanks. So many women fail to give God what he is due. They walk around like they are, they walk around like they have everything together and whatever they have is because of them. They won't give thanks. They won't praise. They won't worship. They won't pray. They won't even speak life into a situation. Hannah got everything she prayed for because she knew exactly who to go to. She didn't go to man or woman. She went directly to God. She didn't even allow her husband to get her off track. Elkanah thought that his love for her would be enough. His presence in her life should be enough. Why did she even need a child? Let me point this out. Sometimes a kingdom woman needs way more than what the world can offer. Hannah was a praying woman. She knew her womb would be closed. Well, she knew her womb being closed, that it could only be opened by the one that sits on the throne. Hannah wasn't a selfish woman either. She wanted a child so badly 
But guess what? Her prayer was always to give him back to God for his service, to be used by God, not the world. How many of us women that our mothers have prayed that our children will know God, love God, and be used by God? Panaya was out here popping out babies year after year, but none were said to be dedicated back to God. Not one. Where are Paniah and her children? We learn about them in 1 Samuel 1, but in 1 Samuel 2, they were a distant memory. Don't believe me? Read 1 Samuel 2, verses 5 and 11. God can use anybody, but they have to be willing. Paniah made her decision, and because of her unwillingness to change, she got kicked to the curb. She had to exit stage left. How can God use you if you don't even respect his house? Tormenting his daughter because you're mad and you're jealous. Jealousy isn't a thought. We already live in a world where, where they pin black against white. Light skin against dark skin. We can't allow the enemy to have us participating in things like this, looking down on other people, speaking ill of people, our sisters and our brothers. We were never designed to be in competition. God has created each one of us to be who he has called us to be. We don't have to step on or over our sister or our brothers to get there. Sadly, many of us don't want change. Some of us are, we're, we're good where we're at. We don't want more of God. We just want him to bless us. We want him to favor us. But we, some of us won't even give our life over to him. So I speak to every Panaya. It's not too late to change from your wicked ways. It's not too late to ask for forgiveness. I speak life into your dry bones. The Bible says in Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? God can use you, but you have to come towards the light. You have to refuse to stay bound and stuck in the darkness. We are to shine our light brightly throughout this dark and gloomy world, not dim it to be used by the enemy. The Bible says that we are to resist the devil and he will flee. So I call you back home to the kingdom of God. Take your rightful place as a kingdom woman. I speak to every Hannah that is in this place. Come out from where you are. Stand up and declare that I am a kingdom woman and I have have been called by God. I will continue to show up. I will continue to show out. I will continue to go before God and pray without ceasing. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Stay on your post and don't back down. Don't sway to the left or to the right. God has made all of your crooked paths straight. Just continue to follow his lead. Never abandon the assignment. Never abandon the call. I speak to every Elkanai that is in this place. Everyone is always talking about Boaz, but what about Elkanai? He was just as good as Boaz, if not better. Elkanai not only comes to praise and worship, but he brings his sacrifice. Nowadays, we call that tithes and offerings. But not only that, he brings with him his wife. 
He loves his wife unconditionally, even though it appears she may not be able to provide for him right now like other women could. He still loved her, though. He still provided for her. He gave her a double portion. He let her know that she was loved and never treated her wrong. But just like the rest of us, Elkanah had some flaws. Elkanah is a male version of Sarah. He didn't even try to petition God. He didn't try to fast and pray with his wife so they could be in agreement and get on one accord. He did what most men do, go out and find another woman. Like that's God's best for their lives. Sarah brought another woman into their marriage because she couldn't wait on God. Instead, she laughed at him. Elkanah reminds me of some men that we deal with today. They want us to give up all of our hopes and our dreams, our God-given purpose for them. How do you as a man try to downplay what God has obviously put on the heart of woman? How do you try to minimize her purpose or desire instead of encouraging her? When did this become about you? He told Hannah that he should have been enough. When we get married, we still have purpose. We still have work to do in the kingdom of God. It doesn't stop because we have become a wife or a husband. Hannah knew her purpose, even though it took some time to unfold. God needs and requires us to do our part. Her part was to fast and pray. What is yours? It can't always be peaches and cream, rose petals falling from the sky. The God that I know and love and serve chastises those that he loves. The Bible tells us that. We have so many preachers that are pushing these feel-good messages. You're blessing, you're coming, and you're going. God's going to bless you with cars, clothes, and money. But if I'm reading the same Bible, the disciples, also known as apostles, had to travel the world and send the churches some letters and hem them up. We aren't all perfect. Some of us still have some flaws, and God is continually sending out the ones he has called and chosen to get us under control and bring us back in right standing with him. Some of us won't allow God in to reconstruct our heart because we think we're good. But God knows best. And some of us are going to miss out on his best because we refuse to allow him in and we refuse whomever he chooses to send to help us. So let me close by saying this. If I had time, I would tell tell us that it's time to release the attitude you have towards other women. If I had time, I would tell you that no person, man or woman, is greater than our Heavenly Father. If I had time, I would tell you that each of us will have to give an account of our lives while here on this earth. Be careful how you treat God's children, especially his called and chosen ones. Psalms 105.15 says, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. If I had time, I would tell you, don't get caught up in this world 
being like Paniah, when God has created you to be Hannah, but be like Hannah. If I had time, I would tell you that God created his church to be a five-fold ministry. That includes a pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, and apostle. If I had time, I would tell you that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't send his son so that we could be in battle with each other in his house, in his church. If I had time, I would tell you that you can't straddle the fence between lightness and darkness and claim to be a disciple of Jesus. If I had time, I would tell you that you need to pick up your Bible each and every single day and read it so you can gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. If I had time, I would tell you that it's highly important that you thank God in your wins and in your losses. Praise Him every chance you get. If I had time, I would tell you that you should pray without ceasing every single day. Pray in the morning, afternoon, and at night. But most importantly, pray in the Spirit. If I had time, I would tell you that certain stuff only goes away with praying and fasting. Those soul ties, those strongholds, those generational curses, they aren't leaving just because you don't talk about them. You're going to have to pray and fast. If I had time, I would tell you to love your neighbor as well as your enemy because God is watching. And whatever we put out, it will always come right back around. If I had time, I would tell you that God is better than anything this world can ever offer you. Money, cars, clothes, houses, nothing can compare to him, the Alpha and Omega. If I had time, I would ask you, what would it take for you to be completely all in for God? If I had time, I would tell you to never let go of God's unchanging hand, no matter how it looks and no matter how it feels. If I had time, I would tell you that I did not forget about Hophni and Phinehas. You thought I forgot about them, didn't you? Hophni and Phinehas were the sons of Eli. You're probably scratching your head or rubbing your chin like who that is. But Eli, again, he's a priest that Samuel sat under while he was being trained and raised up in the ways of the Lord. You're probably wondering why Samuel had to be trained under him if he already had two sons that were also priests in God's house. Now, I'm not one to gossip. But the Bible says that if that they weren't who they were portraying themselves to be. Hmm. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 12 through 35 that they were wicked. They didn't respect God or their priestly duties. They were mistreating God's people. They mishandled the tithes and offerings brought into God's house. Eli knew what his sons were doing. Not only that, he heard about them sleeping with women in the church. He confronted them, and guess what? They ignored him. In Eli's old age, what was he to do? 
the Bible says that a prophet came to Eli and told him, didn't I show you who I am? The prophet is referring to God. Didn't I choose you to be my priest? Didn't I bring you and your sons into my house? And this is how you repaid me. You chose your sons over me with all of their evil ways. Sadly, many will get firsthand experience that God doesn't play about his house and how we claim to represent him. Some of us, we get all dressed up on Sunday morning, coming into his house, acting like we're so fresh and clean, clean. And by the afternoon time, we're still taking part in the tricks and schemes of the enemy. But God says this, not in my house. I still got some time. So let me say, let me let you know what else the prophet told Eli. But if anybody asks, you ain't hear it from me. Because I don't gossip. This is what the Bible says. And I'm paraphrasing here. Since you thought I was a joke, let me show you how I get down. Since you defiled my house and disrespected me, I'm taking out you and your sons. Out of my house and out of my sight. Both of your sons will die on the same day. And when you hear of it, you will fall break your neck and die the one you have been raising up will take your place I need those that will honor and respect me and act like they got some sense be bold and not afraid to stand up against the enemy with all his schemes and tactics if I had time I would also tell you don't you dare play with God So I'm done. I just have this prayer that I'm going to pray and I will be done. And the prayer says this, Father God, we, your sons and daughters, humbly come before you today. We first come to say thank you. Thank you for loving us. We couldn't love ourselves when we couldn't love ourselves. Thank you for loving us when those around us chose and made a decision not to love us. Thank you for protecting us when the people we chose to have our lives sought to bring harm to us. You blocked it each and every time. Thank you for comforting us when people we thought we could trust turned and walked away and left us to pick up the pieces on our own. Thank you for raising us up for such a time as this when people thought we weren't enough. You said we are enough. Thank you for picking us up when everything around us seemed like it was crushing us You are there to carry the weight of it all. Thank you for stepping in and blocking each and every fiery dart sent to destroy us. Thank you for loosing your angels all around us from the north, south, east, and west and covering us with that hedge fence of protection. Forgive us, Father God. If anyone in this place has any malice or strife in their heart towards other women, other people that's in your kingdom, Lord, forgive them. If anyone in this place has ever spoken negative or true things about other women or other people in your kingdom, Lord, forgive them. Help us to change from our wicked ways. Father God, we thank you for the double portion. We thank you for the seen and unseen blessings, and we thank you for another opportunity to get it right. 
We thank you for not removing us from the picture like you did with Faniah, like you did with Eli, like you did with his sons. We thank you for making all of our crooked paths straight and for raising us up to be more like like Hannah. Sorry. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.